and welcome to this special episode of Board Game Blitz, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network and a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to print and play an 18xx game. This week is a special episode where I got the chance to interview Josh Starr, the founder of Grand Trunk Games, which is a new 18xx publishing company. All right, today I am here with Josh Starr. Hi. <laughs> that is the fastest intro I've ever heard. <laughs> when you say board game blitz, you really mean it. <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, so first, can you tell us about yourself and how you got into board games? Yeah, so uh, I'm Josh Starr. Uh, I run Grand, Grand Trunk Games. Uh, I've been playing board games for um, about, I guess, eight years now. Uh, I started back in college the same way a lot of people start, uh, playing Catan many, many nights. Uh, I recall when we first started... There was one copy of Catan across like the house that we were living in with like 20 people. And so there'd be some evenings, evenings we come home, there's like Catan's missing. So you have to like go into each room and try to find Catan so that you can schedule for the next game. As I started, kept playing Catan, then I was looking for more games and more games. So then I started buying them and eventually got into heavier and heavier stuff. And here I am uh, down the rabbit hole of 18xx. <laughs> nice. So now do you only play 18xx or no no, no. Like um i think that i mean 18xx is a, is a really cool system i think a lot mm-hmm. of the time 18xx it it you know i won't i won't lie it does take time to play 18xx mm-hmm. and a lot of times it is challenging to get it scheduled um but i think i skew towards uh two two main types of games that i really prefer to play which is kind of short simple clean or kind of like really heavy mathy games so I'm, you know, a big fan of splatter games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also fans of like kind of these short games, so like Estates, for example, or Neue Heimat mm-hmm. uh, is a is a cool game that it's like really meaty, but then also kind of gets over quick and it's little little uh, little sta- stabby game that uh, takes takes thirty minutes. Yeah, I also like um, short games and long game long eighteen access games, and I've played Neue Heimat once and mm-hmm. liked that. I liked it, but I haven't played it recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so you're here because. You're starting a new publishing company, Grand Trunk Games. You haven't published a game yet, but um, do you want to talk about what your company is doing? Yeah. So um, when I started getting into 18xx, uh, so I should actually walk back a little bit further. I so I, like I said, I've been playing board games for you know seven eight years, and I had heard about 18xx for a long time. Probably you know within my first year, I, I had mm-hmm. heard down the grapevine of like. 18xx is this game that this ultimate gaming experience that exists somewhere, and I, I had avoided it for years because I always thought it was this 10-hour game that you have to use calculators and math and like these old guys sitting in some basement somewhere <laughs> playing that just want to play with their trains. So I avoided it for years. Eventually, I discovered 18xx through a friend who was really strongly recommending it. So I said, "Okay, I'll give it a shot." Mm-hmm. I played it and I was like, "Oh, it's not that bad. In fact, this is actually kind of fun. I'm mm-hmm. enjoying this." And I kind of thought to myself, like, wow, that's like, I had this stigma for a really long time about what 18xx was about and, and pretty much have my, this whole backwards concept of, of this being not a very fun genre, but it's actually, I think, one of the most compelling genres of board gaming that there are. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought to myself, that's, if, if I felt that way, how many other people probably feel that way as well? Mm-hmm. And is there, that's, that spoke like an opportunity to me where, you know, I, I might be able to pull back the veil a little bit and show people actually, you know, it's not it's not so bad. So the point of Grand Track Games to me was just to say, okay, how many other people are having that same experience? They're intimidated by 18xx. Maybe they know about it. Maybe they're avoiding it. Maybe they tried it once and didn't like it. 
how do I make a publishing company to address those issues and, and make an 18xx for those people who are still on the fence about it? Mm-hmm. So for those who are listening and don't know what an 18xx game is, it's a family of games that I talk about occasionally on the podcast. <laughs> They're economic, usually railroad-themed games, and there's uh, commonalities between all of them. There's a lot of different types of games, but um, lots of them, they mostly have stock holding and track building, and your owning shares of companies and then whoever has the most gets to operate it but you don't necessarily always keep that company so what i like about them is that you are separate from the company and so you're not necessarily like making a good company you just have to make sure you invest in the right companies and ambi you you uh you just did your first company dump last night your first <laughs> oh, no, train, not my first, first one trainless. i think it was my first trainless one but it was i i, um, I uh I was a, a, a savvy investor and I invested in Ambie's company and she made sure that uh, she made sure she let me know that she did not like that. <laughs> yes, but <laughs> it, it wasn't that bad of a dump. Because... <laughs> no, no, it ended up being good for me. Yeah. But... yeah, so you were talking about that there's like a big stigma in 18xx games. What, mm. what do you think the biggest barrier to entry for 18xx games is right now? There are a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I, like when I'm emailing people, I, I rattle it off. There's Stigma, mm-hmm. length, learnability, accessibility, or accessibility, uh, I shouldn't say accessibility, availability, mm. price, and aesthetics. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of things. <laughs> um, but I would say the, the biggest one, I think, is, is really around the stigma. So um, a, lot of, or a lot of people have this set of expectations about what it's about. They know that these long games, but you know, how long are they? do they actually each play out? How am I supposed to learn this game if I haven't already don't have a teacher or already have a basis of understanding? A lot of the rule books are written as though you've already played 1830 mm-hmm. uh, and you have this base understanding of the system. So it's just very challenging, I think, for based off of those two to even get somebody the conversation started mm-hmm. and let alone once they even get interested in 18xx, how am I supposed to buy a game? How am I supposed to be able to afford a game? And mm-hmm. how am I supposed to get my friends interested in playing when, you know, maybe maybe the board looks a little bit plain, which I, I personally, that's my personal preference to play on, but maybe for somebody who's not already sold on 18xx as a genre, that's kind of harder to get them intrigued about it. Mm-hmm. So with Grand Truck Games, you're trying to address a lot of these issues, right? I'm basically trying to say, what would 18xx look like if I attacked each of these barriers to entry? So mm-hmm. how do I make the game more learnable? I'm, mm-hmm. How do I rewrite the rulebook so I can... Somebody can have the game come in the box and, and be able to be fine for the first play without any teachers. Um, and that could that doesn't just have to be with a rule book. That could be with YouTube videos and mm-hmm. a live stream. <laughs> <laughs> How do I make it so that I want to buy an 18xx game? All right, I, it's, I can find it on Amazon. I can find it on Cool Stuff Inc. Uh, hey, it's like $150 for an 18xx game. No, it's actually like, you know, 50, 60, 70 bucks. It's just basically trying to... Get 18xx into the normal board game space instead of it being this other weird thing that's like not a board game. Mm-hmm. I think that's really exciting <laughs> because whenever I mention 18xx game, then there's no Amazon link for it for people to buy it. So, it's like, oh yeah. Let's let's let's. I'm gonna send you this other website, and you're gonna go, you know, go through this kind of jump through a few hoops and get yeah. get your game. Or, and so, sometimes not even get your game for yeah. what six months. Yeah. 
or you can print and play it, <laughs> which yeah, takes and, forever. <laughs> and I'm, I'm a big advocate for print and play. And I keep saying, dude, just print and play it. Like 89's out there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people say, oh, I just don't want to. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. Well, well, it also takes a long time because there are a does. lot of tiles to cut out. So. But my, my time is not that valuable. I run an 18xx <laughs> publishing company. So I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, so you said when you learned 18xx, you had a friend teach you? Yeah. So... That was, um, I, like I said, I had been avoiding 18xx. Mm-hmm. It just, it just seemed, didn't seem like an interesting genre to me. I didn't want to be spending 10 hours playing a game that, you know, seemed like it was plodding long or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a buddy of mine, um, actually a couple buddies of mine were, um, were based in San Diego. Uh, so I had just moved down to San Diego and then I was getting new, new game friends. My game friends back when I lived in the Bay area, uh, weren't interested in all 18xx. So then I, that kind of was reinforcing my not exploring it. Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys were just really big advocates for it. They really loved the genre. So then uh, they taught me a game of 18CZ, which was admittedly, admittedly a long five-player game. I think it ran like seven and a half hours, eight oh. hours. Mm-hmm. But I'm still here. So I guess I guess the play went okay. Uh, 18CZ actually didn't really click so much for me. And it was like this long game. And there's a lot big weights between operating rounds for those listening operating rounds and stock rounds are just different phases of those games so long operating rounds for 18cz but when we played 18 mechs and then like i experienced my first train rush and i saw all these other players pushing the trains that's when things started clicking for me a little bit more mm. and like hmm that's interesting <laughs> yeah that's cool yeah when i got into 18xx none of my friends really played it mm. one one friend had 18 al and had played it like once or twice a long time ago and so he was like, oh, yeah, we could try to play it. And so we watched Scott Nicholson's YouTube video and we read the rule book. And um, <laughs> the rule book was pretty confusing. So you guys went in blind then. And just pretty like, much. Yeah. And without, without experienced players. Yeah. So we had a group. It was and you're, me, Toby, and, still and our here. friend. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but we all learned together. Mm. So we played the first play and we were like, oh, this is really cool. Like, But we didn't know what we were doing. And then Toby likes reading up about things online. Mm. So he started reading up about 18xx games and he, he heard about tr- rushing trains. He's like, okay, next time we're going to try to buy a bunch of trains and right. do that. And so we, we just tried all these things and then, yeah, it was more exciting. It's like, wow, that's cool. So Yeah, because I think I, an observation that I have is that when you kind of have... Uh, 18xx is just a system that players can manipulate, right? Mm-hmm. And there's this shared economy. There's all kinds of things that you things that you can pull levers on. I think that 18xx, if you were to play with, in, in general, just people who don't know what levers to pull, I would imagine it to be a fairly lackluster experience. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times I expect a bunch, a lot of new players to play the game in the last 10 hours because nobody's pushing trains or anything like yeah. that. And people say like, what's the big deal? Like, <laughs> why is this, you know, why is it people consider this to be a, a like a really engaging and fun experience? But then, so that's, that's kind of cool to hear that you guys already even without experienced players pushing the, pushing the game along, mm-hmm. you guys were able to kind of discover that on your own. Yeah, in our first play, we liked like what there was with the system, just mm-hmm. like having the route laying and the stocks, just having that, even without knowing all the pushing trains and like buying over trains to other mm-hmm. companies and stuff. Like, yeah, so we so we had enough fun that we wanted to explore more, and that was neat. But yeah, I think that's rare uh, because of things like the rule book, it took us a long time to learn from the rules. And even after reading the rule book, we were confused with a lot of things. So I think it would be great if Grand Truck Games could make a game that 
new players could play and from reading the rule book and not just be overwhelmed by everything. Yeah, and I think that um there's a few ways I'm approaching it. I think that the rule book is one. I mm-hmm. you know, there's um I personally uh, learn really well from YouTube videos. So I think mm-hmm. that uh, I started watching like the Heavy Cardboard 1846 uh, playthrough. And that was kind of how I started getting my interest was peaking in 46. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to make sure that learning resources are available in the in the format that people are most comfortable learning with. Mm-hmm. So I want to have a rule book. Pro- uh, I'm still drafting a player's guide. Like if it makes it in the final version, I, I hope it will. But something similar to what you'd find for like Rolling Stock or Harzbon 1873, mm-hmm. like a YouTube teach video, YouTube stream and playthrough mm-hmm. um, stuff. Basically, put all these resources out there so that nobody has any excuse to not <laughs> have have something there that they could could gain from or learn from. Yeah, I think that's really important because people learn in different ways. Exactly. Yeah. So, which game are you planning on publishing first? Yeah, so uh, I announced this about a month back, but the first uh, titles I'll be announcing, uh, publishing rather, is 1861 and 1867. So uh, these are going to be printed as a combo pack where basically 61 and 67 are in the same box. Uh, For those who are not familiar with 1861 or 67, um, these are uh, games based in Russia and Canada. The main narrative of those 18xx titles is you have small companies that all grow up and merge into to bigger companies. So you kind of start the game with you know a bunch of tiny little guys running across the map, and then they'll eventually turn into these big behemoth companies that are you know running huge trains across the whole you know the whole uh, map. And so a, a big reason I chose those titles is so say for example, a lot of times when you are trying to get a new player to get interested in, in a game or 18xx genre. You might show them 18AL or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that 18AL is good as a teaching game, but you might not necessarily keep coming back to that game for like for repeated plays. Mm-hmm. And so to me, I want a game that could either be your first game or it could be your hundredth game. And I want there that there to be that depth that you can keep coming back, still keep pulling something out of it, but it's not gonna be so overbearing that you you can't, you know, you can't jump into it in the first play. I think mm-hmm. I think 1817 or 1841, that might be a little bit much for for your first 18xx ever. But I think 1861, 1867 strikes that balance pretty well. And we saw Mm -hmm. it. uh, We were playing with John Gitt's games yesterday. Yep. He was, dude, we we were playing a game (laughs) in 1867. He was killing it. I mean, he he beat me and he was like, he was a pretty close second, I think. Yeah, he he was close second. I got last. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Well, Ambi had uh, Ambi had four miners uh, with three two uh, two trains in each of those miners. So it was very risky play. <laughs> basically, the, the four train got bought, and three of her miners got nationalized. So she was she was making a big 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 risky play, and it ended up uh, blowing up in her face a little bit. But that's okay. The the, yeah. uh, the Canadian national gave you some money back. <laughs> yeah. You're not too bad. But anyways, that my 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 point being like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think that we're always so. A lot of folks, at least in the 18xx genre, is afraid of showing uh, newer players, hey, you want to try out this title, this title. We feel like we have to kind of start them on the training wheels game. Mm-hmm. When a lot of times, kind of to what you were saying, you played 18AL, then you play, then you kind of were interested in 1830 because you wanted yeah. a few more levers to pull. I, I think that people people who like it and are interested in it kind of want the they want the real deal. They want mm-hmm. this. They want the game with meat meat on it. You know. 
Yeah, and another thing, when once we played 1830, we never played 18AL again, and like some of the rules were more complicated in 18AL because they yeah, had exceptions yeah. to make it easier, quote, easier for you to learn. But but when I was reading the rules, I was confused. Like, why is it like this only at this time? <laughs> so mm, so that yeah. made it actually more confusing for me. <laughs> right, so it's like, how do you, you know, don't don't necessarily need to start them on the training wheels. Give them the, give them the real mm. game and then... If they like it, then, hey, they have a game that they can play over and over again and and still keep getting something out of it. Yeah. Makes sense. A lot of 18xx games have different feelings, too. Like, I like 1830-style games with stock manipulation and and, uh, players attacking each other, kind of. But how does 1861 and 67 differ from 1830? 61 and 67 is, I don't know, I... I, the word that comes to mind whenever I play those games is jolly. Like I'm just gonna I'm gonna run my trains. I'm gonna have my little miners and like we're gonna we're gonna run our trains. We're gonna build up into this big thing. At the end of the game, we're gonna have some big you know some big trains that we're gonna run across the map. And hey, you know what? I'm gonna get a, a five plus five e, which is like this huge expensive train. And if you can pull it off and run it, it's like it's an amazing train to run. And it's like such a it's like it's such a chill game. A buddy of mine, Kenny, refers to sixty one as a float down the river game. Of course, there's, there, there are some sharp edges to the game. I'm not going to lie about that. But uh, it's kind of, you know, I'm going to run my stuff. You're going to run your stuff. Uh, in, in a game like 1830, there's um, what, what you call train liability, where the company must own a train. If it does mm-hmm. not have a train, then the president of the company is on the hook for buying one for it, which is kind of painful. In 61, 67, you don't have a train? That's okay. The company just goes away. The 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 national the national railway is going to buy the train uh, or buy the company from you, and you're going to get a rebate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of I don't know. It's like it's just to me that's it's it's a it's a chill game. There's there's um, some interesting stuff that you can do, interesting stuff that you can tinker around with with the minor minor companies where you can take a minor and you can either treat it badly and then make prop up your other minor. Or you can make all your miners do really well. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot of levers to pull, um, which I think, and I just think that 61, 67 is pretty streamlined for what it is, considering that's like, it's an 18xx game with minors going into majors. I think that for how much gameplay you get out of that, it's pretty real, rules light. So that's another thing going for it. Yeah. I think it's one of the simplest ones I've played with minors in it. I think, yeah. it, in my opinion, it's the simplest yeah. with, with minors. Yeah, I can't think of any others right now, but um, yeah. And when we played with John yesterday, he really liked this game, so that's exciting. That like bringing new people into and, it. Yeah, but that, I mean, and that's also the so that's like my exact experience, right? Mm-hmm. Like he he thought we were going to go into this ten hour yeah ten hour thing, and then like it's it's going to be super complicated. And he was saying like, oh, this is actually not even as complicated as like a lot of Euro games. Like Feast for Odin mm-hmm. was worse than this. And it's about the same playtime. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I don't know. I just think that like that was that was really nice for me to see that John, who's kind of been in, you know, not I don't know if he's been avoiding or anything that, like that, but he definitely has set, had a set of expectations about mm-hmm. uh, what Agent XX was, and he came into it and realized, oh, that's I play I play worse games, <laughs> I play harder games than this already. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now that you've started. Grand Trunk Games. Um, what's some? What are some hurdles that you've found uh, that you didn't expect to run into about publishing? No hurdles. Everything's been going fine. It's perfect. <laughs> I have no issues. Uh, <laughs> so when I started, I knew that when I was starting an 18xx publishing company, that so 18xx is a very guarded 
genre because I think there's a lot of really, really loyal fans and mm -hmm. they don't want you messing with their stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's kind of been, it's been a really fine line trying to make sure that I'm doing right by what the original game's content was, the original presentation, while also striking that balance to make sure that make sure that I'm, I'm making a product that uh, new players would be interested in playing, playing and buying and trying. That's, that's a big hurdle that I'm, I've been trying to get over in terms of how does the graphic design even present it? Like, I'm not even, I think the even a bigger priority for me has not even been looking at how do I improve the aesthetics, but also how do I attack usability? And, you know, what's the, there's 18xx has this current way of being presented where the shares and the charters and other stuff might be, um, look a certain way. And I have to question my, to myself, is that the right way for it to even be presented beyond mm -hmm. even looking at uh, aesthetics? On top of that, I mean, obviously making sure that I'm doing all the other publisher activities. So trying to make sure that I'm figuring out for the Kickstarter, what's the, what's, what's the way that I can print this game economically and actually be able to make money on it. <laughs> surprise, surprise. It's, it's not going to be much, <laughs> but uh, not much, uh, not much money. Still have to print a lot of units for it. And then also just figuring out, okay, well, once you run the Kickstarter and you have the, you have a bunch of games, how do you make sure that those games actually get sold? So mm -hmm. grand, grand Trent games is still a thing. Um, so it's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of moving parts. That's for sure. But I'd say the biggest thing is really attacking that, like, how do I make it so a game that uh, will be celebrated by the veteran players, but also uh, intriguing and appealing enough for the new players? And striking that balance is like, why, that's why Grand Trunk Games exists in the first place, because I, I personally don't believe that balance has been truly struck yet. So are you hopeful that you'll be able to achieve that balance? Dude, I hope so. <laughs> um, like, it's, it's, been a, it's been a long, ongoing thing. I think that... I think at some point I'm just gonna have to say like this. All right, this is what I have to stick with, and this is this is what I have to be, what I have to go with. I'll go back and forth like, oh, this is the this is the right way to go about it. No, this is the right way to go about it in terms of like maybe some some aesthetic choice or some choice about graphic design or some choice about the way that information is presented in the rule book. I think as long as I get to a point where I say like 80%, all right, I think that this is this is the right way to go, and I can keep kind of going down that path. At minimum, maybe it won't be perfect, but my hope is that it'll be better than anything else presently out there. So do you have a timeline or a tentative timeline on when your Kickstarter will happen? Yes. So I said in a, a tweet, I think, or a blog post or something earlier, mm -hmm. uh, late summer. So a lot of people will hear what they want and they said, summer. Okay, so it's coming in June. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> uh, so late summer to me is August, September timeframe. However, I will throw a caveat out there. If the game is not ready, and if, I, if there needs to be more time to make sure it's done right, I will, I will always prioritize doing it right over doing it early. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think another month, another month of waiting to make sure that some, some piece of the component of the presentation, something about the way that the game is set up or even just the Kickstarter campaign, I wanna make sure that I, I can at least hit the ground while I don't have bunch of games in flight and all that stuff see if i can do this one right and set the standard for what grand trunk, grand trunk games can do yeah i think that's really important mm. getting your first one right on that note do you can you tell us about any plans for future games after that <clears throat> um i i probably so i have a handful of things in queue 
but those I cannot disclose. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> but it's not going to be just a one-time thing. No, no, no. So, <laughs> okay. well, it, well, Hopefully. that really depends, Ambi. How, how well is the Kickstarter going to go? Uh, if if uh, the sixty-one, sixty-seven Kickstarter uh, is doesn't really work out, or you mm-hmm. know, for one reason or another, it's possible that it's a uh, it's a one-shot deal. But my hope is that. Hey, with you know, eighteen mm-hmm. Chesapeake, eighteen twenty-four, all these Kickstarters, all these announced eighteen XX titles, it looks like there's momentum picking up for eighteen XX. I am hopeful for sixty-one, sixty-seven. Yeah. If it looks like that's that's successful, I have a, a I have a handful of titles that I would uh, love love to see printed, new and old. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited. There's like all of these new Kickstarters, and it's it's a lot easier to get eighteen XX games now, even though it's still difficult. But like when we first started playing eighteen XX games. We had to get a bunch of secondhand copies that are 30 years old or print and play or just through the specialty publishers that print and play it themselves. So it's great seeing them on Kickstarter and they're two at a time on a Kickstarter. Yeah, that, was, yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. I think, I mean, there's there's definitely a momentum. I know that, um, I don't know, people are hungry. People are hungry mm-hmm. for, for games where there's some some meat there and your decisions really matter and they're um yeah. you know i think that there's a lot of you know i'm going to sound sound like a grumpy old trend gamer but there's a lot of <laughs> games that come out that you know kind of are not necessarily anything super new or innovative mm-hmm. uh regarding gameplay you just, okay i'm c- converting something else into victory points and kind of doesn't really offer something new so i think i think there is a trend for people to, to want to get a little bit more meat mm-hmm. out of it and i i see that as 18xx Hopefully, in the next couple of years, popping up and, and becoming—I I don't think it'll ever be necessarily mainstream—but I think big enough that it can bear bear standard size print runs. I think that's—I think that yeah. would be a really big—that would be a very big change in the way that eighteen XX has been done, where you can print thousands of units instead of hundreds. All right. Well, thanks for coming over and being on the show. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So. Josh is actually literally in the same room as me right now, so he did come over. This, this is a bit of a surprise episode. We were, we were playing, I think we were playing Fourth Age last night, and then we were like, huh, why don't we do an interview? It's like, oh, why not? Yes, this is, this is how my interviews go. But, but yeah, so would you like to let us know how we can find Grand Trunk Games online, social media? Yeah, so I, I specifically chose Grand Trunk Games because I figured that would be a very easy handle to get everywhere. <laughs> So basically look up GrandTrunkGames.com, at GrandTrunkGames on Twitter. You can email me if you want to, josh at GrandTrunkGames.com. I'm an open book. I'm always looking for suggestions if you want to reach out to me and and offer your thoughts about where you think 18xx is going and any any ideas that you have about uh, your experience with playing 18xx. I'm all ears. Great. Thanks again. Thank you. And that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, boardgameblitz.com, for video and blog content, as well as to get links to all our social media pages. If you're enjoying the show, you can rate and review us on your podcast provider or consider becoming a patron. For as little as $1 a month, you can unlock access to unedited episodes and our private Slack channel, which lets you chat with us and other Blitzketeers directly. Head to patreon.com slash boardgamblitz to become a patron today. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow. Technical support provided by Toby Mao. Board Game Blitz is part of the Dice Tower Network. Until next time... You're the Grand Trunk Games. You can publish chain games. Bye, everyone. <laughs>